0: Mob Town is a 2019 gangster film directed by Danny A. Abekaso. This is the same guy who played the deadbeat in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, the one who owed money to Skinny Razor and lied about his mother's death. A few days ago, I did a review of the film's trailer and I concluded that I didn't really have high hopes for the film. It looked like it would be a very cheap, a very forgettable and a very generic mob picture. Even if it does concern itself with one of the most important events in mafia history. Now to summarise, Mob Town is not a good movie. Much of what I fear turned out to be true. But strangely, it isn't a terrible movie. There were some elements of it that I did enjoy. Bits and pieces of it were pretty decent. It's quite bizarre really, because a lot of the bad parts of the film, the things that were really terrible, were so bad it actually made the film quite funny and entertaining. Obviously it wasn't intentional, but I found myself grinning at many scenes. I'll get to that later. So Mob Town is a movie about the infamous Appalakin conference. If you don't know, this was a mob meeting that occurred in 1957 in a roadhouse in Appalakin in New York. At the time, the FBI had not accepted the notion that a national crime syndicate existed, and the exposure that the mob got from the meeting meant things were never the same for the mafia in America afterwards, as it was now confirmed that an underworld secret society did in fact exist, and all of a sudden, these people who operated often beyond the reach of the law found themselves under constant media scrutiny and surveillance by law enforcement, and new laws such as the RICO Act were passed soon after. The meeting was organised by gangster Vito Genovese. He was part of the golden age of the mafia, having come up with the likes of Charles Luciano and Frank Costello. In the 1950s, with Charles Luciano, the leader of the Luciano crime family, the most powerful of the five New York crime families, having been booted out of the states and into Italy, Genovese sees an opportunity to take control of the family itself. Now to do this, there are a few powerful people he needs to take out. The first is Frank Costello, who he has shot but fails to kill. Costello is spooked anyway, and he retires. Next is Albert Anastasia, who Genovese has whacked whilst the man is taking a shave. After this, in order to solidify his position as the new head of the family, he organises a historic meeting, which takes place in the home of mobster Joseph Barbara, in which all the heads of the La Cosa Nostra families attended. Interestingly, Barbara's underboss, who in real life helped organise the meeting but weirdly isn't in the film, was Russell Buffalino, the mobster who Joe Pesci played in The Irishman. Anyway, the meeting turns out to be a disaster, because a state trooper caught wind that something was afoot, and during the meeting the cops surrounded the house and over half of the 100 or so mobsters that attended the meeting were arrested. Now what I've just mentioned, about Genovese, Costello, Anastasia and Apalekin, is all pretty much explained in the first minute or so of the film, through archive footage and real life TV news clips, and then the film proceeds to play out this in the movie. So let me just repeat, the film explains to us about Genovese going after Costello and Anastasia and then the disaster that was the Appalachian Summit, and then the movie itself is about these very events. It's so weird. What's the bloody point of that? You've literally just told those who weren't aware of the story what's going to happen in the film. It's a quick summary of the entire plot before the film's even begun. So weird, seriously. Anyway, the movie kicks off with Genovese, played by mob movie regular Robert Davy, conspiring with his underlings to take over the family. The Costello and Anastasia shootings occur around about before the 15 minute mark, and the actual Appalachian meeting takes place during around the last 10 minutes of the movie. In between all of this is an almost surreal picture in which we follow two men separately, as one finds love and purpose in this small sleepy town, and the other goes around buying fish and pork chops. Seriously, a huge chunk of this film's runtime is dedicated to a man driving around town and ticking stuff off his shopping list. It's a pretty weird film, and the empty one hour or so in the middle is pretty much because there isn't really a story to tell. Like I guessed in my review of the film's trailer, because the Appalachian meeting takes place towards the end and the discovering of this mob summit was supposed to be something of an accident, and because we spend a lot of time following the state trooper who uncovers the meeting, there is literally nothing for the film to do for such a long time. And that's probably why, in a movie about the most famous mafia meeting, we are treated to the woes of a policeman who, on his date, finds out the restaurant is out of fish, we get an elongated scene of Barbara and his wife chilling in front of the sun, we get scenes like an almost 10 minute one where the cop just watches the house, scratching his face, combing his hair, going for a piss, reading the newspaper… To call it thin on plot is a horrendous understatement, it literally has no story for so much of its runtime. In fact, looking back at the movie, to summarise what it's about, the best answer is literally that it's Barbara and his wife deciding what to cook for the meeting, and him going out and getting the shopping whilst she gets to work in the kitchen. The look of the film is sickeningly cheap. They must have spent most of their budget on the gorgeous vintage cars. By the way, it's the same six or so cars you see in almost every scene, and it was made no more painfully obvious than in the end when all the gangsters jump into their cars and drive off when the cops arrive. And it's hysterical that the budget is so low that instead of showcasing Barbara's two-wing stone structure for what it was, the Appalachian Conference is actually more akin to a medium-sized family barbecue at a rented bungalow. But the film has that really off-putting HD digital look like it's directed by the rich kid in high school playing with his dad's expensive cameras. And it wouldn't be so bad, it's actually something you do get used to. But the film bizarrely feels the need to commit harakiri and self-loathingly draws attention to its own flaws. Like for example, you're watching a close-up scene of two men in a car waiting for another man to arrive in a separate car. The close-up shows nothing more than the men and a bit of the car. But then there's a wide shot of the streets and people walking around, and because of the film grain and the general aesthetics, it's cringeworthingly obvious that they've pulled out some archived footage off the internet and clumsily put it together with their own film. And then, when the guy the two men are waiting for arrives in his car, because it isn't possible to show him getting out of his car in a wide shot, the shot of him exiting his car is done with such an awkward close-up, intercut with the close-ups of the two men in the other car, Giving the entire scene a choking claustrophobic feel. The dialogue in the movie is also very inept. It's clunky, generic, and bar maybe Davy, who is decent in his limited screen time, though he is kind of phoning it in, the actors have a hard time bringing the script to life. As such, the performances all round are pretty bloody bad. The worst of the bunch is probably the director himself, who hilariously cast himself as Joseph Barbera, the mob boss who hosts all the gangsters at his home. The man is supposed to be a feared and respected member of the upper brass of the mob, and he comes across as a slightly mentally impaired crack addict. Abekasa looks like he's 22 years old and he just watched Scarface, with the gold necklaces and rings and stuff. He looks so out of place with his t-shirt while everyone else is dressed in snappy suits, like he forgot to get dressed before filming started. And the character just comes across as a first class doofus. In real life, Barbara was so embarrassed by the events of Appalachian, he retired, having been humiliated. I thought the film was going to set this up, and that's why Barbara looked like such a nincompoop throughout the movie, but it never happens, and it only dawned on me around an hour and 15 minutes into the movie that the main gangster in the film isn't supposed to be a comic relief, and we're actually supposed to take him seriously. This actually makes the film ten times better, because all of a sudden it's just mind-bogglingly hilarious that Abekasa must have watched the footage back and thought to himself, yeah, I look really badass and intimidating in this film. It was just a joke throughout the entire movie, it was a horrible, horrible casting decision. The woman who brilliantly portrayed Meadow in The Sopranos, Tony Soprano's daughter, is also in the film as Barbara's wife, but don't get your hopes up because she's probably the worst player in the entire film. She overacts so much. I'm genuinely concerned that she signed up thinking the movie was a spoof of the mafia genre. Her facial expressions could make Tommy Lee Jones bellow with laughter, and one scene in particular, when her husband tells her that Genevieve is coming, she makes uh, the expression from the famous screen painting, and she's all like, THIS IS THE OPPORTUNITY OF A LIFETIME! <gasps> THIS IS OUR CHANCE! holy moly. Meanwhile in the same scene, Barbara is exasperated with tension and he's almost crying, but the way Abekesa plays it makes it look like someone farted on set and he's trying to hold in his laughter. The only thing missing was the laugh track. Honestly, the funny as heck acting from these two clowns, like the are in a comedy sketch, is the best thing about the film and it made it really entertaining. The rest of the cast range from standard cardboard cut-out extras to people overacting. I found a lot of the way people talked quite over the top, like they've just watched a couple of gangster films and want to talk like their favorite movie stars. David Arquette plays the lead role in the film as the cop who is adamant that something is about to go down in Appalachian, much to the eye rolling of his superior. He's all right, I guess. He does a decent job. There's a semi decent subplot involving him finding a girl, but I found it hard not to see Dewey from the scream movies, especially since he was a cop in those films as well. I mean, it's a perfect comedic setup, isn't it? The biggest gangsters and killers in America come together for a historic meeting, and the one man who can stop them is Dewey. Despite a lot of mistakes, like the years that Genevieve spent in exile and the size of Barbara's estate, there's a couple of little details in the film that I enjoyed. I liked the fact that during the Anastasia hit in The Barbers, when he's getting shot he charges at the mirror, thinking that that's where his attackers are. They say this is exactly what Anastasia did in real life. It's a cool little detail, although the way the actor plays it, it does kind of look like he's trying to attack himself. There was another bit I liked. It was almost a meta bit of humour, where Genovese is discussing the location of the summit, and they go back and forward a little bit with how Appalachian is pronounced. He says something like, Appalachian, Appalachian, whatever it's called. I thought this might have been a nod to Goodfellas, where Henry Hill mentions Appalachian in his narration, but he mispronounces it. I've mispronounced it several times in my videos as well, before Craig Vincent, the man who plays Ed Part in The Irishman, commented and told me how it's actually pronounced. Aside from what they told us in the opening segments of the film, you don't really learn much about the Appalachian meeting. The film has a concerning level of obsession with food, with so many scenes dedicated to Barbara's grocery shopping, his wife wildly overacting at the thought of having to cook, Arquette eating at his new girlfriend's house and taking her out for a meal where the restaurant is out of fish, the women cooking for the gangsters, and the mobsters tucking in to some nosh-nosh. One of the most problematic elements of the movie is that the entire thing is being set up for the big finale with the legendary mob meeting, but once it actually finally commences, Davy says about two words before a mobster bursts in, telling everyone to scram as there, as there is a cop outside, and all of a sudden it's like there's 50 Benny Hills running around like crazy. And that's it, that's the Appalachian Summit. And Arquette, the suave Dirty Harry protégé that he is, is hilariously taking down number plates right in front of the house and the car park whilst the guys are just in the other room inside, and his attempts to casually walk away after he's caught, without the gangsters getting wise, results in one of the film's finest comedic moments. It really does play out like a spoof for a lot of the runtime, it really is that bad, but luckily, that's where the entertainment is. But anyway, as I was saying, the whole film is geared around the summit, but it's startlingly anticlimactic and over in minutes. You don't get mob politics discussed, You don't. they don't show you the trials after, and instead, tell us through text that there were no convictions, and you just kind of walk away from the film thinking, what exactly were they going for here? What is this film about? Did Abeke said just get an urge one day to cook a really big meal and film a movie around it as an excuse? Because that's what it feels like at times. Such a weird movie. Why make a movie about Apelakin and focus on Barbara's mission to get the catering and food on point? And why focus so much on the cop when he's only relevant right at the end of the film? I'm gonna give this one a 4 out of 10, and I know it does deserve less, but it did make me chuckle a few times.